This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life. Only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success podcast. I am your host, Brett Gilliland. And today we have on the show, Ben Newman. Ben has uh, been a good friend of mine for about the last 15 years. Uh, ben spends his time today uh, traveling around the world, literally traveling around the world, speaking to businesses, speaking to uh, professional athletes, and uh, becoming one of the, the world's best performance coaches. And so really, really excited to have him on the show today. Uh, ben Newman, you can find him at bennewman.net. Um, he's been featured on NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, Inc. Magazine. He, um, he is the author of uh, six books. Um, his two uh, latest ones are Leave Your Legacy and Own Your Success. And I think you will find his high energy, his passion, um, his love for people. Uh, you will feel that through the microphone. And I think you'll also uh, be impacted by his story. Uh, Ben's mother passed away uh, at the age of seven. And what he learned from her, the gift he got from her, uh, just how it impacted his life and really changed the trajectory of what his life was. Came out of college, was selling paper uh, for a company out of Chicago, got in the financial services industry, and then was making such a big impact uh, with his writing and speaking and coaching that he decided to do that and leave behind a successful career and focus on the Ben Newman companies to help individuals reach their best. So uh, without further introduction, here is my conversation with Ben Newman. Ben, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing really good. The fact that I get to take a look at you and be with all your listeners as long as our relationship goes back. So I'm doing good. It's a great day. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool to sit here and uh, actually started smiling a little bit when I was welcoming you to the show. I think we've had a long, uh, we've got what, 15 years now? I think 15 years. Man. Why don't you uh, take our listeners back and just tell the story of Ben Newman and how you've uh, become the man you are today. You've got an unbelievable story. I know I've been impacted by your life, Ben, and your story and and uh, I can remember a few meetings that you know, we'll dive into that later. But just uh, once you tell our story or your story, uh, how it all began. Well, but before I talk about me, let, let me just mention one thing. And then I will directly answer the question about that 15 years when we first met, because I think it'll really set the tone for our opportunity for you and I to be with all the listeners today. And so Brett and I, if you can imagine this, we are inside of a financial services office. We were both financial advisors. And I was, was standing with one of the leaders of the organization. And next thing you know, here comes Brett. He's got all this energy. He's kind of bouncing down the hallway and he's heading to the copy machine. And all of a sudden, the leader of the organization stops. I was a brand new advisor at the time. And Brett, you got to meet Ben. Ben, you got to meet Brett. And it was one of those things where when we first met, it was like that common energy, right? Like, I don't know who yeah. you are. You don't know who I am, but like, we're going to be buddies. Right. Like, we're, the two of us are going to get along. So we met and then I was able to watch Brett really 
lead and not only his clients, but lead other people in the organization. And we built this great friendship and we had a great business relationship. So literally went from this copy machine to watching Brett do all of these things that he now does with charities and his beautiful family. And number one, it's amazing how fast time goes by. But the moral of why I wanted to share this to really kick things off before I tell anybody about me is when I look back and I see the decisions you've made over the last 15 years. And I, I know you're gonna make me talk about me and some of the things that have happened on my journey over the last 15 years. You and I have always been big thinkers, and I think that would be if I had a goal today for our opportunity to be with the listeners, is that everybody out there, take the opportunity in your life to think big. Don't make excuses, don't settle, just because you are where you are. You have an opportunity to surround yourself with people that'll allow you to think big and go out and make it happen in your life. We got one shot to do this. You are writing your story. And if Brett and I can share some perspective today to get you to think bigger, so 15 years down the line, you look back and say, gosh, amazing relationships with people that I'm still close with and people who push me and enable me to think bigger, I'd say today would be a win. Amen, man. I'll pay you later for all those kind of words. <laughs> so, the, so, all right. So now, now, to answer, now to answer the question. So where does my, my passion and fire come from? You know, I believe each and every single one of us, we all have a story. So when I share some details and specifics of my story with all of you, I want you to recognize when I share this, I know I am not the only individual tuned in right now that has a story. We've all been through challenge. We've all been through adversity. We've been through those times when we've been knocked down. And for each and every single one of us, it's recognizing when you're knocked down, that is the moment in life that provides perspective. It's often where you learn the most about yourself and where your greatest opportunity to come uh, to really grow comes from. And, you know, I always joke that anytime I'm given the opportunity to go speak, you know, somebody reads a bio that half the time I wrote or they go and they want to highlight a bunch of, you know, things that I've done or stages I've stood on. And the reality is my opportunity to be with all of you is a, the direct result of the fact I've been shaken to the core personally in my life and I've been shaken to the core professionally in my life. And for me, the purpose, the conviction, the positive attitude, it, it came from my mom. I mean, I was a seven-year-old boy watching his mother come to the dinner table with an IV stand every single night with 24-hour nursing care right down the hallway to ask me how my day was at school. And my mother was a divorced mom. She was a teacher, loved her students. Her students loved her. She had this positive energy, you know, maybe like a teacher you used to have in school, right? Long brown hair, big brown eyes, big pearly whites. I mean, she had energy that went for days. Divorce when I was six months old, you know, oftentimes the world telling you it's not your time or things might not work for you, but she always stayed positive. And it amazes me to this day when I think back to the fact that my mother had the strength within her, just like each and every single one of you, you have the strength within you to overcome anything that stands in your way. My mother had the strength to walk with an IV stand all the way down a long hallway to fulfill the obligation and the purpose she had set in her own mind, which was no matter how much pain I have from this disease amyloidosis, that I will continue to lead my kids. And whether it took one nurse or two nurses, she would walk down that long hallway, she would sit at the head of that dining room table, and she'd look my brother and I dead square in the eyes and ask us how our day was at school. And that type of strength to me, no matter what I've ever seen, the challenges I've been through in life, and I've been through a lot. I mean, I've seen more with these two eyes in my first eight years of life than many people see in a lifetime. 
But the way my mother responded has taught me how to live. It's taught me how to fight. It's taught me about purpose. It's taught me about conviction. I mean, she's the most extraordinary champion I've ever known. That's unbelievable, Ben. And I, you know, I know that story, and I think it's, you know, I want to dive a little deeper into that because I know your mom gave you a gift, and uh, that gift was in a box for a while. And uh, so you, you graduated, you went to Michigan State, you're a big Spartans guy, and uh, so you go, you graduate, you, you get out of uh, college, you start um, selling paper um, up, up in Chicago, you fast forward, get into our business um, back, in, I guess, 15 years ago. And I remember being in a meeting with you one day, we're in a big conference room, and you bring this, this book in. So why don't you tell us that story, that background to that story, because I remember that day, I think we were all crying like babies that day, and uh, it was just a very, very cool moment. I'll never forget it, And but just tell our listeners about that. So first off, for all the listeners, there's tears in my eyes. I'm an emotional dude. I cry when I watch Extreme Home Makeovers, but I, I think the, the benefit for all of you is that Brett and I have known each other so long, and out of all of the TV interviews I've done, radio interviews I've done, hundreds of podcast interviews I've done, Nobody has ever asked me this question like that. Wow. So big, big opportunity for all of you to really hear the behind the scenes story. So for me, just like so many of you, there's probably things that hold you back, right? Fear, doubt, uncertainty. And there's still things for me, you know, now, right? Where it's sometimes it's little, sometimes it's big, but we look ourselves in the mirror and we say, man, we got to just let it go. You got to just let it go. Because if we, if we hold on to this too tightly, it's going to keep us from moving forward. So I was a junior at Michigan State University. And my grandmother, my mom's mom, so when my mom passed away November 2nd, 1986, and when she passed, she really just took the pen that she was writing with and what I'm about to share with you, and she passed it on to my brother and I. She had a disease called amyloidosis. For those of you that don't know what it is, uh, you all have amyloids in your muscles. If you have an excess of amyloids, amyloids eat away at your muscles, and eventually you, you pass away. So here I am, I'm a junior in high school. My mother had passed away 11 days before my eighth birthday. I've shared what I used to see within our own home. And if you can picture this, I come home in the summertime and I walk into my grandparents' apartment, my mom's parents, who really took over like the divorce decree that my mom and my dad had. My grandparents kind of came in and became like a parent, right? They became like my mom's part of the parenting. So very, very close with them. And my grandma just pushes this box over to me. And it's a two men in a truck box, you know, like you probably all, those of you that have used that company and moved, you know, black and white box with the lettering. So she hands me this box. I don't have no idea what's in the box, right? So you take the lid off of the box and all of a sudden there was this old blue mead notebook. Maybe like some of you used to have in school, maybe yours was a, another color. And underneath that notebook, there was letters and stuff from the Boston Medical Center where my mother had received treatment. And there were letters from her doctor. And what I realized was, holy cow, this box is filled with stuff from my mother's treatment, stuff from my mother's life. And then I said, what is this blue notebook? And you open up the blue notebook and the notebook was a journal where my mother had unleashed her positive mental attitude onto the world. Now, I share that part of it with you, not knowing what was really in those pages, because I didn't experience that until years later. Because you kind of put the book away, right? You said, I don't, I don't even want to read this right now. And that's what happened. I opened up, I read that first page, and I said, man, I can't handle this. And I didn't tell my grandparents that, but I literally, I, I took the journal, I read the first page, I'm crying like a baby in the car. I'm a junior in college. And I take two rolls of duct tape, two full rolls of duct tape, and I duct tape that box up. 
Wow. And that, that box went with me to Michigan State. It was in a little storage locker. And then when I went to go broker paper in Chicago, it went with me to Chicago. And then when I moved back home to St. Louis, I never opened the box. I, at that point in time, was not ready to dive into what was inside of that box. First time I was ever hired to speak professionally was 2006, 500 bucks in office. Said, hey, come up to Chicago and speak. And I'm, you know, you're a young kid. You're like, heck yeah, I'll go do that. So I go and I fell in love with that opportunity. Still, this box was with me. Didn't know it was in the journal. I'm telling my mother's story, but didn't fully know my mother's mindset. And a couple of years later, now I'm married. We're moving. No longer living in the city of St. Louis. We're moving out to the suburbs. And my wife and I are packing everything up. And all of a sudden, if you guys can picture this, we're a pretty, pretty anal couple. In the, in the garage, we had these 30 clear plastic tubs. And up in the upper right-hand corner is a two men in a truck box wrapped in two rolls of duct tape. My wife says, what is in that box? And I knew it. And I pulled it down. She went inside to grab a broom. She comes back outside and I'm crying like a baby. Could not keep, she goes, what did I do? And I just hand her the journal. She goes and she reads the journal and she comes back and she said, you are exactly like your mother. Mm. And so then I, I, I found the strength to actually read the entire journal. And I mean, there's, I mean, we could do three podcasts on the whole journal, but here are the words I'll share with you, which stand out to me. And every time I step on a stage to share my mother's story, I share this. My mother's passing away from amyloidosis. I've shared the intricacies of the pain and the amyloids eating her muscles. And my mother wrote these words, beat the statistics, beat the odds, live with a disease that is chronic and fatal. Believe in yourself, combat anything purpose in life so you read that and it's enough to say i could fight through anything and i'd already been doing it because of my mother's example but one thing i'd love to share right here is that each and every single one of you not only are you writing your story but there's somebody watching and if you think about what i said i said i got hired to speak in 2006 i shared my mother's story in 2006 between 2006 and 08 when i really started exploring the journal and i opened up that box I've been paid many times to speak. So I was influenced by my mother. She had impacted how I thought. She'd impacted how I was living my life, influenced the words I'd said, but I'd never really understood her true mindset until I read it from the pen that hit that paper in that journal. Well, I think it's amazing. I mean, unbelievable story. And, and I've heard it so many times, but I still have chills like you wouldn't believe. And I think the gift is that she taught you how to be the person that she was, right? It was, it was more than just the words. It was probably her actions. I mean, I, I'm you know hearing you tell the story of her coming to the dinner table, no matter how bad she felt or how sick she felt. I mean, she was literally, in, I think in your words, being eaten, right? Be kind of being eaten alive. Literally, amyloids were eating away at her. And think of it, your heart's a muscle. Yeah. So literally, it's going to eat muscle after muscle until it gets to your heart. And she's still getting up out of bed and coming to the dinner table with you and your brother, fighting through all that. I mean, so her actions, uh, unbelievable. So then you uh, you start speaking more and kind of walk us through where you're at now and what your business is doing. I mean, the continued fight, doing unbelievable stuff around the world. Walk us through the journey now that you're living, Ben. Well, I believe we all have the opportunity to write the story that we want to write and to live the life that you want to live. Now, I, I know you, for everybody listening, it's, it's easy, right? It's easy for me to say that. You know, people are thinking, come on, we expect a motivational, inspirational guy to say something like that. But first, let me share, 
I, I'm often put in that category, inspirational, motivational speaker. I'm a coach. At the end of the day, I'm a coach. And I want to help bring out the best in people to give their best every single day to write the story that they want to write. So I'm, I'm really a coach. And I, I think about where I am on my journey. And I believe I'm exactly where I want, want to be. I'm exactly where I am supposed to be in my life. Now, people listening may go, well, that's easy to say because you work for yourself and you speak all over the world and you get to do these things and you work with athletes and you work with these business professionals. But guess what? There were periods in my time where brokering paper was not my end game. I knew that. Did I love brokering? Yeah, it was awesome. And you know what? I worked really hard. I understood process back then. I didn't speak about it the way I do now, but I worked really hard. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think it's the grit that people don't see, right? There's a lot of overnight success, people think. But I mean, I've watched you go through this, right? From being a, a financial advisor to doing this stuff. And I think the grit and the dedication and fighting through what I would say is the disbelief in some people we were joking about earlier before we started recording is what some people feel about some of this stuff. Right. And, and so you oh, can I, get I still have, I still have some of my best friends that look and they're like, I can't take this serious. Like right. I can't believe that you're being able to do these things in your life. And I'm thinking it, it's really at the end of the day, it's really not us. Right? right. I mean, it's a, it's a higher power. It's God. It's having that influence. It's my mom looking down and somebody, you know, giving us blessings, but it's our choice to walk through those doors. So now you, I mean, obviously you've got some, uh, you get some phenomenal stories. You got Super Bowl Sunday coming up this week. Why don't you walk us through where you were a couple of years ago? <laughs> well, per- perfect timing is my, uh, you know, we're doing this interview on a Thursday. And so we're posting, uh, you know, your throwback Thursday pictures. And so today I, I posted the picture of me being on the field at the Super Bowl. And I was mentoring one of their running backs who's now become a very close friend, a godfather to his son. And, you know, you look at those types of relationships. Here I am, I'm motivating a guy to play football on a Sunday, and then you become a godfather to his son. It's amazing what happens in relationships in life. And I look back at this picture, and it's a selfie of me with, you know, Devlin behind me and, you know, all the players that are behind me and Jonas is behind me and Brady's behind me. And it's like they're hoisting the trophy, and I'm right next to you. I'm on the field partying with you while you're celebrating. And then we go back to the team hotel to party, and it's, you know, it's nuts. I mean, it was 3.15 in the morning, and Rick Ross, the rapper, if you guys can picture this, he's on stage, DJ Khaled is the DJ. So you got Rick Ross, DJ Khaled, they're going nuts. The place is going nuts. You got uh, Gronk who's dancing in the crowd. You got the players who are all up on the stage, 3.15 in the morning. And Robert Kraft walks out onto the stage. He's still got his suit on. He's still got his tennis shoes on. I remember thinking to myself, this is why these guys want to play for this guy. I don't even think the guy drinks. But it's just it was just his energy and passion for life to want to celebrate with his players. So I look back on things like that, and I'm like, how in the world, you know, has this happened? And I want to go back to a point that I wanted to make, and the point is no matter what you're doing right now, it's part of your story. You may not have the job that you want right now. You may not be doing exactly what you think you're going to be doing, but it is part of your story. Be in the moment. Be where your feet are. Learn from the leaders that are running the company that you're a part of now. It might just be some of the leadership techniques that you end up taking with you to go start your own business one day. So there's this constant learning, but when I look back, it's just like, holy cow, some of those things happen and you literally just say, what a blessing it is to work hard. And when you work hard, doors of opportunity do open. 
So let's walk through now for our listeners is uh, you talk about your prize fighter day. You've got a lot of things that you talk about, but I think our listeners and myself included, we all have those days. We just don't want to fight, right? You have the day you get up or it's, you know, you're fired up about what you do. And then there's days, hey, it's just another day. But you know, I've, I know I've got my disciplines. I've got my thing to keep me going, but walk us through, how do you personally get through the tough days? Uh, and when I mean tough days, nothing like what your mom was going through, but just, you know, days you may not want to get after it. What's, what's Ben Newman do to get through those in battle? So that's definitely the, the, the common misconception, right? If you put me in the category of, you know, inspirational guy, motivational guy that I wake up and every day's perfect and the sun is shining and I never have issues and I just want to work out every morning. No, I wake up mornings and I don't, I do not want to do what I know I need to do that day. And I think it comes down to our ability to create an, an environment for us to be successful. Part of my environment is I know every day I'm either going to be stepping on a stage or I'm going to be doing coaching work with a business professional or an athlete. Well, part of my environment is if I don't follow through and do what I said I was going to do, if part of mine, we'll get into it, my, part of my prize fighter day is that I have to work out in the morning. I got to put my head in a book that's very, very important to me in my life. And I've got to be present and focused. With my, if I don't do that, how am I going to coach and lead somebody to be accountable in their lives? So I feel like I've created an environment that causes you to take action. So whether that environment for you is caused by accountability through a coach, whether it's caused by a purpose statement that when you read it and you think about it, it drives you to take action every single day. We can create an environment to cause yourself to have success. The days are going to come that you don't want to do it, but those are the things I think about. Those are the things where I'm, I'm, I'm going to be with Brett. I'm going to be with all his listeners. How could I not do what I said I was going to do when I'm going to be with Brett? And they're all going to be listening. So I, I think it comes down to that environment piece, which is so important. And I'll give away a free gift for everybody. If you guys go to free playbook.net because I'll share with you guys we do have other coaches that are part of our business but I am not taking on more one-on-one -on -one coaching clients so I'm completely booked with the athletes and business professionals so when I talk about coaching this is not a solicitation for me to get coaching out of being here with you guys I'll give it away to you the six principles we use in our coaching it's part of what's called your mental toughness playbook it's led to NCAA championships multiple guys that have won Super Bowls and big time growth in business and freeplaybook.net and everybody can get a copy of it for free. Wow. Thank you for doing that, Ben. That's awesome. So walk our listeners through, uh, what time did your alarm go off this morning? 314. So it's always 314. <laughs> Why is that? So 314, the, the, my basketball number growing up, I mean, this is, this is it. I was an Anthony Peeler fan for so many, you're probably like, people are like, who in the world is Anthony Peeler? He was a sweet shooting left-handed jump shooter from the University of Missouri when at one point in time they were number one in the country. They are far from that right now. I'd love to go help them. <laughs> if there's anybody listening down in Columbia, I will come help you guys. I would love to because I grew up a Tigers fan. <clears throat> so Anthony Peeler is 44. I was always 44. So, you know, passwords, numbers, things that I like having a four. So it's moved up over time, but I always have a four. So instead of 315, it's, it's 314. There you go. And so you get up 314. Not every day you want to get up, but you do it. I mean, you do it every single day. You get up, and what's the day look like? So for me, the and, and, and one thing I, I want to mention real quick, people are going to hear that and go, well, I'm never going to wake up at 314. I'm one of those people. <laughs> there's a purpose why I do that. The reason why I do that, because if you all saw my travel schedule, 
and you saw how often I'm on an airplane and the amount of time I'm away from the family, my biggest goal when I'm home is that by 6 a.m. when I hear the pitter-patter of my kids' feet running around our house, that what I wanted to do to be selfish in that morning, to prepare for the day, to get my workout in, to do my Bible time, to do all those, those things are done by 6 a.m., so that I can watch Team Umizoomi, watch Superman, watch the kids play on their iPads, make pancakes. I'm a good short order cook if anybody ever wants me to make them breakfast. But I want to be present with the kids and then take them to school. So that's why I get up so early. Once again, it's creating the environment. So I think for all of you, let's not make excuses as to why we don't have enough time. Just create the time. If so it's I, important to you enough, you're going to create the time. So how did you create that, though, to where, you know, if you're, you weren't a guy, I'm assuming that, you know, just since college, you've gotten up at 314. I mean, did you, do you spend time journaling and thinking and designing what you want your life to look like? And then therefore that creates the, the habit of getting up at 314? It's an aw- awesome question. So in the playbook, if you guys pick up your copy, or I should say when you pick up your copy, why would you not do it? Although when things are given away for free, people think there's some you know connection to it. It's free, okay, everybody? Right. So there's a what's called a prize fighter day morning. Prize fighter day morning started for me when I was the guy who was waking up at 6.30 when you had to be at the office at 7.30. I was hitting the snooze button three times. And it got to the point where I put so much pressure, so much stress, I wasn't prepared for my days that I'm looking at myself in the rearview mirror of the car going, why am I doing this to myself? I got to stop. So I started in 30-minute increments. I said, I'm not working out the way that I want to. This is probably 12, 10, 11, 12 years ago. I'm not working out the way that I want to. I'm not putting my head in the book I need to. I'm not saying the affirmations or doing the mental work that I need to. I need to change it. So I woke up 30 minutes earlier, started implementing things into my daily routine, and then guess what? I wanted to work out a little bit harder. Woke up a little bit earlier. You know, you have the kids, and so you start making adjustments, but I started in 30-minute increments. And I was never very good in math, even though I was a financial advisor for over 10 years at a high level. But I just put math on it. And I said, gosh, if I wake up 30 minutes earlier, 30 minutes earlier times five days in a week is two and a half hours. Hmm. And two and a half hours times four weeks in a month is 10 hours. It's a work day. Times that by 12 was an extra 12 days a year I was giving myself by waking up 30 minutes earlier. Wow. That's, I'd never even looked at the math that way. That's huge. It's all, it's all math. So I looked at it and I said, wow, my friend, you mentioned Evanston Paper Company where I really cut my teeth fresh out of college in sales. And I had 10 days vacation. 10 day, so literally, I looked back and I said, when I was 23, I was given 10 days vacation. And now if I wake up 30 minutes earlier... I get 12 extra. It's more vacation time than I had my first job out of college. Well, you fast forward that right over the then a five and a 10 and a 15 year career. I mean, if you're the guy that gets 12 extra days a year and I'm a guy that doesn't, who's going to be more successful five years from now? And, and that's the point. You know, people say, gosh, how do you manage? And I say this very humbly in no way to impress anybody. But, you know, how do you write six books and travel and do these? Like, where do you find the time? And the reality is put the math on waking up at 313 now instead of 630. Right. So I just cheat. I steal extra time. Right. So all I did was steal extra time. If the calendar says I've got this much time, you have to have sacrifice somewhere. The price of greatness is sacrifice. The easy thing to do is to make an excuse. The tough part is to actually make the sacrifice on a daily basis, not occasional sacrifice. The sacrifice on a daily basis compounded over time that helps you get to where you want to go. Well, I'm writing down here and I hope our listeners heard that the price of greatness is sacrifice that's huge so what time do you go to bed at night about 6 30 after dinner <laughs> <laughs> sorry kids i'm going to bed 
you know, I go to bed when the kids go to bed. I mean, it's, I, I would say on average, I go to bed at somewhere between nine and nine 30. However, you know, if I've got, you know, one of the players is playing on Monday night football that we work with in the NFL, or there's, you know, a college basketball player whose game is going, I'm going to stay up and watch the game because I've got a responsibility to that player, but I'll still get up. Right. So if I go to bed at 11, I'm still getting up. If I, if I get past that 1130 midnight hour, I'm a human being. I recognize four hours sleep is probably cutting it a little short. I may sleep an extra 30 minutes or 45 minutes. It's very rare that that happens. But I'm also a guy, five, six hours, I'm ready to roll. You're good to go. I'm ready to roll. So what's your purpose? Long term, uh, you look at your clients, you look at your family. Uh, what's what's the purpose for Ben Newman? So it's, it's such a great uh, question. I told you guys you're getting all the questions that nobody nobody ever asked me. So you think back to when Brett and I met. And all of the things. So clarity, clarity is power. When you have clarity of where you want to go, it's a very powerful thing because it causes you to take action every day. So if you can believe this, probably a month before I was standing right outside of that copy machine to meet Brett Gilliland for the first time, that same leader that introduced me to Brett, it's amazing how this is all coming together. <clears throat> he gave me all this information. Write down your purpose statement. Write down your goals. Write down your vision. What do you want to do with your life? I'm like, shoot, I'm a 25 year old kid. Like, you know, I've never thought about this stuff driven by a purpose because of my mom. Right. So I probably knew what those things were, but never focused on it all the time. So these words went from my pen onto the paper to empower and inspire individuals to uncover their passions and desires to seek a greater vision for themselves. I wrote that down on paper in March of 2004, March of 2004. So think about this for a second. What am I doing today? I was able to fulfill that purpose as a financial advisor, but I'm still doing that today. I've said that purpose statement to myself every single day since March of 2004. Now, so when I say that, and this is in the playbook too, if you've never spent time on purpose, download the playbook. It takes you through an exercise on vision and purpose. Like it's a great tool. I'm giving it to you. Connect to the purpose that drives you. Your purpose you write down today doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be like mine where it's the same, you know, <clears throat> decade and a half later. But I think for you, having a start somewhere with that purpose, the most successful people I've had the opportunity to spend time with, they it's it's a common trait. They are driven by a purpose. They're driven by a purpose that's bigger than them. So I want to go back to that working out thing because I think a lot of people, we all need help creating the habit of fitness and eating right. Right. Because I mean, I know you like you'd be just fine having some French fries and a burger, but you can't do that every single day. Right. So how do you create that habit in your life to then eat the right way? So one of the things I've done is I'll do uh, I'll test myself with physical challenges. Started. Oh, probably it was probably 2012. I was the guy who hated running. Right. So I said, I'm going to run a half marathon. And then it was the next year I'm going to run a marathon. And then the next year I'm going to get into professional boxing shape. Well, to do all of those things, I, once again, it's creating an environment. You can't run a marathon if you're eating horribly, like, right? Your food is your fuel. So you got to train right. You got to eat right. You got to hydrate right. You got to put the right stuff in your body. So I started drinking alcohol less. I started eating better foods. I started paying attention to decisions. And you know what? I'm a human being. I love to eat. So I would have a cheat meal one day a week. And those are just traits now over time that have stuck with me. Do I occasionally throw in an extra cheat meal in a week? Yeah, I probably do. Alcohol, one day a week. That's it. Period. End of story. And so you eliminate some of these things from your life because you have to do 
what you set out to do. So whether it's the training to do these things, set a goal for yourself that is going to cause you to make different decisions. So if I was running a marathon, getting into professional box, right, I'm cutting weight. I literally hired a boxing trainer that was a former professional boxer, trained professional boxers to train me. I had to cut weight. I, had to do, I mean, literally the day before I had to weigh in, I'm in a sauna weighing, like cutting weight to weigh in. I mean, I did what fighters do. So you create the environment that causes you to make the right decisions. Well, I think it's clear that you're very, very clear and very passionate about your purpose that you just said you said every day for thir- coming on 13 years yep. here next month. So that's awesome. What? Um, let's talk about your book. So I know you've written a total of six books. Your, your two newest ones, Own Your Success and uh, Leave Your Legacy. We got them sitting here on the table with us. Once you, I think it's always cool to hear why, why is it called Own Your Success and Leave Your Legacy? Why'd you pick those titles? I'll, I'll even throw the other one in it, Your Mental Toughness Playbook. So the common word there is your. And there's, there's a tremendous amount of research. A lot of my uh, coaching work, my philosophies on leadership come from a guy by the name of Max Weber. And it's actually W-E-B-E-R. And he's one of the fathers of sociology. And the word your is a very empowering word. So when I write a book and the, the own your success and leave your legacy, they're fables. It's, it's a story. You go on a journey with the main character, but it's all about you. It's all about you as the reader. So I wanted to write it in such a way where when you hear that word, your, it's about you. And the reader has the opportunity to take ownership of the words on those pages, which are really created by the mentors and coaches and individuals I've been blessed to have in my life. All the characters in the book named after mentors or coaches or people who have had a huge impact on my life. So it's just stories that have helped me get to where I am today because I can tell you right now, it didn't happen by myself. Those days where I was on that mat of life and I did not want to get back up, I was blessed to have people there who are now the characters in the book. But these books are all about you. It's all about your journey. There's actionable takeaways. And the feedback we receive is people really like connecting to the main character, Pierce Edwards, because they feel like they're going on the journey with him. I always like to travel back in people's lives, and, and maybe yours may be a little different due to the journey you had with your mother. But what did you do as a you know a 10 or a 15-year-old? What did you do growing up as a business? I'm always blown away by the entrepreneurial spirit that people have. You see it later in life. But really, when you dive back and peel the onion layers back, they had an entrepreneurial life when they were maybe in junior high or high school or something. What was Ben Newman doing back then? So 13 years old, my dad uh, calls me downstairs and he says, son, it's time to get a job. And I'm, you guys are going to get the, the guts of the story here. I'm thinking, I'm 13 years old. You're a successful trial attorney. You got plenty of money. Why in the world do I need to go get a job? <laughs> right. What are you talking about? Right, so it's, you know, you're living in this house after your mother passes away. When I say high expectation, that's the understatement of 2017. I lived in a house of high expectation. And here I am, like, I got to get a job. You got plenty of money. Why do I need to work? <clears throat> so I go to the Jewish Community Center snack bar, and Brian Karp, one of my dad's best friend's sons, owned the hot dog stand at the Jewish Community Center snack bar. So here I am, picture St. Louis humidity, 110 degrees. 110 degrees, June, July, and August, I'm getting paid $3.25 an hour to be slinging hot dogs. Having people yelling at me, my hot dog isn't warm enough. There's not enough ketchup and mustard. $3.25. And I look back on it, and I didn't have to work. My dad did not need me to make my own money. But the lessons I learned from working at such a young age, I believe it's a big part of my story. Even though I didn't like it, it's that double-edged sword. It's The high expectations were tough, but those high expectations made me the person that I am today. 
And it started then. I was a busboy. I was a waiter. I mean, I was literally, you know, my hands from washing dishes would be, you know, cut up with, with S&P Oyster Company and literally uh, seafood shells would be cutting up my hands. Wow. And then I'd go home and I'd be going to school and then I'd be going to basketball practice. So I learned to give your all at a very young age. That's great. What uh, What's the game changer for uh, for you this year? 2017, if you look, I always like to say, if we could bring your 10-year ten, ten vision to today, I guess one, what do you got to do? But then what is the game changer for Ben Newman this year? So I always, every single year I do what's called breaking down the game film, right? So I have amazing story when I shared the stage with Ray Lewis last year when he mentored a guy named Will Compton from the Redskins. And I watched Ray talk to Will about the importance. It was just the three of us talk to Will about the importance of breaking down your game film to find the difference in your career. So I've always had that philosophy, but now ever since meeting Ray and spending time with him, I just refer to it as breaking down the game film. So I always like to look what happened last year. What are you taking with you and what are you leaving behind? And there were some decisions. I mean, last year was a wonderful year. We had huge impact, did a lot of really fun things, but there were things we needed to change. And I believe some of those changes in our tour, some of those things in events, some of those things with having an increased impact through more coaches, you know, now having uh, Ben Newman Company speakers, where if I can't do a date, we're trying to connect companies with the ideal speaker for them. Things like that increases what I call immeasurable impact, which is what drives me. I want to serve a billion people in my lifetime, and I cannot do that by myself. That is something that is going to take an army of individuals that want to make a difference in other people's lives. Ben, what would you say is the one thing that if, uh, if somebody tried to challenge your belief to your core, you believe it, nobody can challenge his belief. What is it? it a belief of mine that cannot be challenged? Yeah. means no matter what I think, you just it's in your gut, it's in your core, you believe it, they will never change your mind. You'll, you'll go to the mat for this. So th this is one of those things. It is so hard but since brett put the time into preparing and sharing with you details that literally nobody's ever asked me in an interview before i'm going to give you the 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 ultimate answer i'm going to dive right in this is so uncomfortable for me to say this <laughs> this is so unnatural growing up in a house like even me doing social media stuff like i was told don't brag don't talk like but i, I just got to give it to you I know that, that God has given me the talent to be the best performance coach in the world for athletes and business professionals. And there is nothing that is going to stop me until that happens. And it's really the only way that I can explain why, given with my mom being with me every day and God being with me every day, that every single day I follow through with the action steps that are going to get me there. Every day. There's not a day that it doesn't happen. And I think for all of you, when you set your big dream, don't let anybody hold you back no matter what they say. Identify the action that's going to get you there. Break down your game film. What's made you successful? What do you need to do? And I look forward, and it's the only thing that can explain how I was a financial advisor. Essentially, I started speaking in 06, but I didn't transition out of financial services full time until three years ago. Five years ago is when I really started transitioning to a business partner. It's the only thing that can explain how I was on the field with the Patriots, how I've won a national championship with the North Dakota State Bison as their performance coach with Carson Wentz, a fifth straight title. It's the only way I can explain why I get to coach a CEO of a company today that does over $500 million a year in sales. It's the only way to explain it is that every day I wake up and I tell myself that's who I am. 
I am the performance coach for professional and collegiate athletes, and I am the motivator to empower and inspire high performers. So it touches the athlete side and the business side. Those are called I am statements. Those are in the playbook too. I'm giving you guys everything. So even if you never hear my name again, you never hear me speak, you never hear me do anything, download the playbook because everything I'm sharing, it's not only helped individuals win Super Bowl rings, NCAA championship rings, it's what guides me in my life too. And it all came from my mom and the people I've been blessed to have mentor and coach me. Well, I have no doubt, Ben, that you'll be able to do that, man. It's it's, it's just awesome watching your growth and then your passion. I mean, I think people even on this podcast hopefully can feel the passion from you. I think, you know, people here in our office, I've seen some people walk by and kind of look in here and smile and wave. And I think they know it. They can feel it. They can probably hear it down the hallway. So I think you're absolutely going to hit that. Would you say that you've, uh, have you envisioned your success or are you shocked by your success? I'd say it's a combination of both. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I have written down things and then they happen. I mean, I've, I've written down that I would be working within the St. Louis Cardinals organization. And for the last five years, I've been a sales trainer for the St. Louis Cardinals organization. And to be a St. Louis born kid and you get a paycheck from the Cardinals every year, you're like, how in the world does this happen? So that is a perfect example of, I saw it, it was a goal. But when you get that check, you're shocked. Like, did I really just get a check did from the St. Louis Cardinals? Like, did this really just happen? And I'll, I'll tell you guys a joke, but when you get those checks from the Cardinals, there's always two lines. So for checks that are over $100,000 that go to the players, they require two signatures. Mine does not require two <laughs> <Right>. signatures. <laughs> so one signature check. Well, it's a one signature check. But yeah, so it's a combination of both because when things like that happen, yes, I've seen it, but you're still shocked and humbled by it, which causes you to stay hungry and keep working. How do you develop key partnerships out there? I mean, you don't just wake up one day and get to work with somebody on the Patriots or work in the Cardinals. I mean, how do you develop key partnerships in your life? Uh, you know, so think about the entrepreneur out there listening. Think about the salesperson, the, the mom or the dad that, you know, wants to make a difference in their kid's school, whatever it is. What's your advice to them to go out and get those key partnerships for success? Okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna teach you guys this life lesson. It's an amazing question. It's something that I've always done. And if you are currently as part of a training program, listening to this podcast in a boardroom with a bunch of your colleagues, you're listening by yourself. I'm gonna challenge you, but I'm not calling you out. So don't nod your head or shake your head if you've done this. But one thing I see far too often is the guy or the gal who goes to the cocktail reception, they go to the charity event and they got that stack of business cards in their pocket and it's hot, right? <laughs> they can't wait to, I'm gonna snag business cards, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna make some business happen today. And I think when you're fighting so hard with your teeth just gritted down, I'm gonna go just make this business happen. And you're not really there for the right reasons, which is I have a purpose. And the purpose is I want to be part of this charity. I'm going to meet some great people. And wherever that relationship takes me, it's going to take me. And I've always had that attitude that if you work hard enough, the doors of opportunity will open. And what people don't realize, it's the hard work that gives you the confidence and the peace of mind to be able to go to a cocktail reception, to go to one of these happy hours, to go to a charity event and not have to meet anybody for business. And when you're fighting so hard, I got to get it. I got to get it. I got to get it. Periods of time in my life where I've been knocked down professionally, I was in that mindset. I got to sell something. I got to sell something. I got to sell something. But when you work hard every day and you focus on winning the day based upon your effort and you stack those wins on top of each other, you're going to have that peace of mind, that confidence. You're not going to have to get business from anybody. You can truly focus on building relationships with people. 
And I think that's the blessing is I've had people who have taught me those lessons that I now live by. So people know that you're here to do the right thing. You're not here for a check. Well, I think that what you said is key there is win the day, right? Because so many times it's kind of confusing, right? We say focus on the future, write down your one year, five year, 10 year plan, all this stuff, all these dreams, which is long-term, the brain likes long-term, right? The brain doesn't like get up at 3.14 in the morning. The brain likes, oh, in 10 years, I'll get to do this, right? But I think you, what you just said is huge, win the day. Because if you win the day after day after day after day, it'll stack up, you'll be wildly successful. Yeah, so whether it's a business professional or an athlete, you alluded to it earlier, there's a concept called your prize fighter day, and I'm just gonna make uh, Brett's cheeks turn red even though... Uh, you guys can't see them, and he's going to be mad that I said this. He actually calls it, so I call it my prize fighter day. He calls it his Brett Gilliland, ooh, baby day of greatness. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I had to do that just to see that big old smile of his. He does not call it that. But this prize fighter day concept, which is in the playbook, is designed for you to break down very simply, what do I want to do personally today? What do I want to do professionally today? And what do I want to do today that's of service to somebody else? And if you can break down your game film and identify what you need to do on a daily basis, these aren't results. It's not, well, I want to sell $10,000 of product. It's I'm going to make 20 phone calls today because I said I was going to make 20 phone calls. Or I'm going to ask for three like, things you can control. I'm going to work out because I'm training for a marathon. Build a day based upon the effort you can put forth and do it. That's how you win the day. That's how you attack the process. So the circuit of success, we, we obviously talk about our four pillars all the time, almost in every show. And um, for those of you who don't know, if you go to circuitofsuccess.com, we're going to put up there the actual uh, drawing of this so you can see it and what I'm always talking about. But when you look at it, Ben, you can see it behind me here on the window. Um, if those four pillars right there, you have to have those, in my opinion, for your light bulb to shine, right? And so when you look at the top left, it says attitude. What's the one thing... Out of all the things you've shared with us today, the one thing on attitude that people need to be focused on? Reframe, focus on solutions, not problems. I Tell learned, me more. I learned it from my mom. You know, if my mom was able to come to the dinner table with an IV stand, when amyloids are eating away at her muscles, then I know that I can make positive decisions in my life. If something bad happens, I can say, I'm not going to spend too much time on that. I'm going to silence it and focus on the positive. Doesn't mean negative things don't happen, but stay focused on the positive rather than focusing on the negative. Awesome. What's about belief? What's the one belief to be successful that you got to have? Don't let anything hold you back. Doubt your doubts and believe your beliefs. You got to believe in all the greatness that lies inside of you. Everything you need is already in you and you got to attack it every day. The one activity to be successful. That's the process piece. You, you have to care enough. If your purpose is right and your vision is right, it's going to cause you to grab that future, grab that purpose, bring it to today, put it right in front of your face, and you're going to have a willingness to identify the process, the activity that's going to cause you to have that success. And what about the result? What's the one result that you look at in the Ben Newman companies and all the stuff that you do? Uh, what's the one result in your life? Well, I think it, it's got to be the true measure of the success, right? It's something that's beyond money. You know, for me, part of your legacy statement. I hope everybody's getting this, like everything we're talking about, it's all in this playbook, right? Part of your legacy statement, it's connecting to what's the true measure of your success. And mine is my wife and my two kids and the ability to connect people to write in their stories. So that's the result. If I can be a great husband, a great father, leave an impact and help people write this, their legacies and continue my mother's legacy, to me, that's the greatest result. And I'm assuming you would agree with this, that when you work on your attitude, you work on your belief, 
you do your activities, you get the results, a whole new vision is created, right? And I think that vision goes back to you wanting to be the best sports and business performance coach in the world. I'd add a, a, a thousand percent. I'd, I'd add one thing because it's going to happen. It happens to me. It happens to you. It happens to everybody. When you get comfortable, push the envelope and get uncomfortable because you're going to get comfortable. You're going to do what Brett just said is you're going to go around, you're going to achieve your goal, and then you can say, I can keep doing it the way I'm doing it, or you can then set the goal bigger, make yourself uncomfortable again. Because those who achieve success, anything you've done in your life where you've been successful, think about it, you were uncomfortable getting there. And then you reach a point where you're like, is it enough? Do I keep going? And I think when you have that little voice in your head that says, is it enough, do I stop? And you say, okay, what do I do now to stay uncomfortable? That's when it becomes bigger than you and you keep fighting. All right, here's the question. I give you 10 million bucks. You can't donate it. You can't, you know, invest it. What's Ben Newman doing? Private jet. Private jet. More time at home. The amount of time that I spend sitting in, <laughs> sitting in airport terminals and doing this, I mean, I've been blessed to be able to fly privately for some events every now and again, but the amount of time, I mean, if I could literally leave my house in the, I mean, I think of last year, I was heading up for a football game and I left in the morning, what was normally three, four hours of flight time was an hour and 15 minutes. Mm. I showed up to the hangar 15 minutes before the flight left. And literally when I, when the wheels touched down, it was 15 minutes home. I mean the whole day, and I'm talking, I went halfway across the country. It was like within nine hours, all of this happened. And I was at a football game. So having those opportunities, if I could do that to have more home time, or more time to do whatever I wanted. I think probably part of that 10 million would be uh, getting a little private airtime. I like it. I like it. Can I go with you? We can go on a golf trip. Hundred percent. All right. Even though uh, you know how bad I am, I just I, <laughs> I, I, I'll clean. I'll clean the balls and yeah. tell you what clubs not to use. You yeah. do the reverse of me, and I'll smoke a cigar. All right. It'll be good. Got it. Uh, best books. Obviously, you've got your books, and you can find all your books on Amazon and uh, online, yeah. all those places. They're, they're great best-selling books. So I, I, I would tell our listeners, absolutely check them out. Ben's giving you everything he's got in these books. They're great books. But what are some other books that really impacted your life? Yeah, so I, I always do a better job of selling other people's books than my own. So Discover Your Destiny by Robin Sharma. Unbelievable book. He's a great, great author. Great book. I mean, if you want to get connected to your purpose, like Robin Sharma, he, he will do it. There's no doubt about it. I love John Gordon. John Gordon has been my mentor since 2008. So, you know, his greatest staple in terms of books is the energy bus. But I would say my favorite reads that John has written uh, would be Training Camp. That's my all-time favorite of his. There's a character named Coach Ken who's extraordinary. And then The Carpenter, really, really good book by John Gordon. And then I would say The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And Dr. Jason Selk, who's also been a guest here on, on the podcast, he's had a huge influence on my thinking in my life. 10-Minute Toughness and Executive Toughness, great books from him. Awesome. It, final shots you want to give out to, the, the, to our listeners here. Some things that maybe I didn't ask, some things you're thinking that's just absolutely key to your success and key to our listeners' success. So there's, there's three things. We went on this tour last year. Where we had the opportunity to share the stage with Ray Lewis and Jerry Rice and Navy SEALs and all these individuals who I'm hearing their stories and it's pushing me to think bigger. It's pushing me to know that there's more. We can dig down deep. But there were three common things from the people we shared the stage with in the nine different cities. Three common things. Purpose, process, and reframe. Purpose. 
Make sure you understand the reason why you are fighting your fight, not what somebody else wants you to say, not what somebody, not what you think your boss would want your purpose to be or your friend, your purpose, fight your fight, get clear on your purpose, process, identify the process that's going to give you the greatest probability of hitting all those goals and beliefs that you see on that canvas of your imagination and reframe, stay focused on the solutions. And when the world tells you it's not your time, when the world knocks you down, have that belief in yourself to rise up, rise up on the days that you don't want to do it, rise up when you feel like the competition is too big, rise up when you feel like there's nothing left in the tank and keep writing your story. Beautiful. Where can our, uh, where can our listeners find Ben Newman? Social media, websites, where can we find you? At Continued Fight. At Continued Fight. So you guys have probably caught on to the theme here. It's about fighting the good fight. My mother being the greatest prize fighter and champion I've ever known. So at Continued Fight is, you know, the Instagram and the Twitter and the Snapchats. And Ben Newman is Facebook. Ben Newman, Facebook. Website? Uh, website is bennewman.net. Bennewman.net. All right, my friend, it has been an absolute blast having you on this show. Man, every time I uh, I get to spend time with you, I get more and more and still take notes. So you're doing something right. Keep up the great work. Keep impacting the world. You are on your way to be the best performance coach in the world. So thanks for being here, my friend. Thank you for the opportunity to be with all of you and continue to go do great things. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Ben Newman. Thank you for listening to Ben Newman on the Circuit of Success podcast. Some of the biggest takeaways I had, uh, the strength to overcome. We all have the strength to overcome anything that comes our way. We have to create our environment to win the day. The price of greatness is sacrifice. And another big one I thought was, uh, was unique that I had not heard before from Ben was breaking down your game film. He talked about Ray, Ray Lewis broke down the game film, and that's how he became a great football player. And now Ben breaks down his year to find out what he needs to do to make a bigger impact the next year. So great information. Uh, again, as always, any feedback you have for the show, please uh, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, thecircuitofsuccess.com, uh, and just give us feedback. Let us know if you have any people that you want to have on, if there's other questions you want to ask, or just any impact we can make to help you live your best life. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.